Hey, this is Max from the Arkells, and you're listening to Underground Sports Philadelphia. technical difficulties to the twitch viewers but what is going on everybody welcome in to underground sports philadelphia episode number 358 it's kb and matt coming at you from underground studios before we get started got a lot to dive into uh but big thank you to our sponsors who allow us to talk about these silly sports teams main auto llc Ducharms pro foot security 21 security systems paul j gillespie incorporated Bob Novick Auto Mall, Mark Ronchetti, CPA, LLC, and the Dental Wellness Center of Vineland. And, of course, our friends at Tomahawk Shades. Guys, summer's still not over. Still got some sunlight to go outside and enjoy it before it kind of turns into the fall. You got to protect your eyes when you're outside. So go get your Tomahawk Shades today. Tomahawk Shades is the best small batch eyewear in the game. You can go to TomahawkShades.com, fill up your cart with sunglasses, blue light glasses, and everything in between. And when you go to checkout, use our code USP. You get 25% off your order at TomahawkShades.com. Matt, I know you're a big fan of the Vodka Soda Party Pack from our friends at Stateside Vodka, the official vodka of the underground. Well, they just released the single flavor four packs. Wow. At StatesideVodka.com. Get your favorite four pack. Favorite four pack. They got the black cherry, the orange the lemon cucumber mint the pineapple it's all there statesidevodka.com it's 9.99 for the four pack you can't beat it it's real vodka real juice none of that other bull crap that they add into some of these other quote-unquote seltzers uh it's the real deal and it's actively hydrating vodka you're not going to get that anywhere else but stateside so go to statesidevodka.com go get your vodka soda party packs the single flavor four packs before they sell out, they're going to be selling out like hotcakes, so make sure you go grab them before they're gone. StatesideVodka.com. you got to be 21 or older to do so. And, of course, please drink responsibly. And our friends at Kenwood Beer, the official beer of the underground, go to KenwoodBeer.com to see who's got Kenwood on tap. And you got to be 21 or older to crack open a nice cold Kenny. And, of course, please drink responsibly. What's going on, Matt? I am living the dream. We actually have Sixers news to talk about. It's not good news. Mm-mm. Um, Damian Lillard posting on his Instagram that Rip City is his city and he is going to run it back with the Portland Trailblazers, allegedly. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Just never goes our way, does it? No. Um, obviously, Damian Lillard was the one superstar that you're holding out for when you're talking about trading Ben Simmons because that is the ideal return for him. Uh, because he's a fantastic fit, still lets you be a, a championship contender right this very second. In fact, might in some ways kind of raise your ceiling if you get Damian Lillard. So obviously him making that public statement is, is bad news bears. Um, frankly, it was already circling the drain to begin with when the news had kind of quieted down a bit on that. And, you know, 
you were kind of wondering maybe when he gets back from the Olympics, some of this gets sorted out. Not really. And now you're getting more news about how Ben Simmons is fine with getting uh, fines every day that he's not at practice. He's willing to, to spend the money. That's not a big issue to him. He wants out. So now you are, uh, <laughs> this is the Cuban Missile Crisis, Ben Simmons edition. <laughs> the Australian Missile Crisis. And now it's like you're at the point of like, okay, where do we go from here? Because there, the there's question. not much else out there in terms of like what I would assume the Sixers want back in a trade for Ben. Uh, ben coming out and saying like it's not his job to fix the asking price and it's all this. It's your job to fix your shot, but all right. Yeah, no big deal. <laughs> it's quite you quite literally paid for that. Um, you're you're stuck between a rock and a hard place now with a guy who doesn't want to be here, and your white whale, you know, return that you wanted to go out and get is allegedly not going to be here. It's a, an unhappy marriage right now, and you're sleeping opposite sides of the house, not speaking to each other, making your own meals, and at some point, someone's just going to have to move out, <laughs> and it's not <laughs> going to be the entire Sixers organization. It's going to be Ben Simmons. Yeah. He doesn't own the house. He's getting booted. I think the question is now is what kind of return you get for him. I I think I've come around to the idea that you you move him for maybe not the ideal package, right, that we've we've kind of sold ourselves on where you're getting this like great, like, all-star caliber player maybe you get like really really good assets maybe you get a really good young player and you kind of double down on that and what i mean by that is trade for that move that trade mm-hmm. piece then you know to kind of extend the shelf life this is something we've, we've seen from a lot of smarter gms in the past where you know hinky famously you know uh turning all, all those picks into sarich and getting the the magic pick back you know using drew holiday like constantly you know these Michael moves Carter that, Williams becoming a first round pick. Right. You know, you constantly move these assets along the assembly line and turn them into, you know, multiple, multiple assets rather than just the initial haul. It's what the Rockets tried doing last year as well, you know, as part of the James Harden deal. So yeah, I think that's the direction the Sixers probably move. It's just unfortunate because again, Damian Lillard would be such a fantastic fit, uh, a fantastic piece, but just doesn't look likely to happen. So now you kind of have to go to either plan B like a Bradley Beal, right? Or something like that. Or, you know, yeah, again, you get a, a young player that maybe, you know, you, you feel confident about getting extra value out of uh, from some other teams, but you know, <laughs> it's not the ideal situation in, in any, any way you look at it. It's, it's become a huge soap opera and a, a, just a yeah. dramatic, dramatic scene for who knows what, I mean, at the end of the day, it's all about a guy who couldn't improve and passed up at open dunks in the playoffs like i don't want to hear about it i don't want to hear about how we're we're bad fans for uh feeling negatively towards him i don't want to hear any more about us that we can't boo him even though we've been super supportive of ben simmons and his entire career here um i i think you'd actually struggle you know what it bothers me so much is and we've talked about this before especially with the mets last week that all these other fan bases boo and yell and all this and, and give fans, uh, give players like tons of abuse. And it's like somehow still the Philly fans are the ones get branded yep. for like being this like knuckle dragging like fan base. I just don't understand it. At the end of the day, like I, I just don't see how Ben Simmons comes back to this team and he seems to feel the same way. So uh, good luck to him wherever he is, but I don't mean that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like you're at the point where it's like we bring it up all the time and it's it's not exactly similar, but it's the closest thing is, you know, you didn't exactly get the return on your your number two overall pick quarterback like the Eagles got with Carson Wentz that you'd want. You know, there's conditions and stipulations with it. 
So it, it seems like it's trending in a direction. Well, when Carson Wentz is weighing the pros and cons of getting vaccinated, one of the cons is that if he does, he might not be able to screw up the Eagles one more time. So <laughs> it gets part of that. He is starting week one, though. Allegedly. Allegedly. Hopefully, is he, the, is he finishing? <laughs> hopefully, the Seahawks defense. Hey, he's just got to start 75% of the games, I believe, is the uh, condition. So if he's under center for 75%, run us that first round pick. Um, but yeah, and, and like the whole, it, it's so toxic talking about the Sixers right now, like it was talking about the Eagles during their offseason, that it's like any news that comes out like this, it's just like, what the fuck? It, it's, it, yeah, it, it's different. It's a different kind of toxic. Last year was like, apathy mm-hmm. and like you just felt drained by this team and you know, they're obviously different uh it was just a different vibe coming off the bubble and just how much it sucked and there was really there's no hope for the future mm-hmm. this is a different kind of toxic in that here's this here's this guy that you tanked for that you had a lot of hope for that had bright years under you i think still has like a, a future in the nba of course like i think even a bright one and it's just all gone so, so sour, so toxic. And, again, I, I don't know how you get him in the building for training camp. And, you know, ultimately, too, I mean, if you're speaking just about value, this obviously hurts his trade value. Mm-hmm. You know, if he's willing to, to stick it out like this and, and not show up to training camp and really kind of spoil the Sixers' leverage, you know, which is his right, you know, it, it's whatever. Like, it just sucks. It, all the way around, it sucks. It, this isn't not celebrating this moment i'm not thinking about how awesome this is i'm just thinking about how much i want it to be over and that's just not the way that i wanted this offseason to be going i would have preferred this offseason being like talk about a great championship run or wow we were in the finals that was awesome you know like i'm really looking forward to next year how can we improve like at the end of the day though you know we still have daryl morey which gives me a lot of hope i still think he's a, a fantastic gm and yeah, I trust that he'll find the uh, the best solution for us out of this, and that's about the only good thing. <laughs> a little bit uh, compared, especially to last year, where you know before we get Maury in, it felt really hopeless. We felt really adrift. Now at least there's some direction there, but it's it's a tough scene all over right now. Sometimes we all just need to wind down after a long day of enjoying our favorite sports teams go to work and with the rise of streaming platforms new tv shows and movies are popping up every single week and it might be overwhelming not knowing exactly what to watch well that's where streamer season comes in the exclusive streaming platform discussion podcast for tv and movies on the underground sports philadelphia podcast network join me kb and a plethora of our hosts right here at usp breaking down all the new tv and movies that you guys should be watching across all the various streaming platforms that are available to the masses catch us on streamer season wherever you get your podcasts the sixers also let the al horford trade exception expire i'm not as privy to what exactly that means um so i don't know if that's good or bad for them um but letting that expire, I know it, it's been making its rounds on Philly Sports Twitter about, you know, the pros and cons of it. It's like bringing a gun into the woods. Um, <laughs> you might need it, and you're going to be really upset if you don't have it. But it's also very possible you're, like, not going to get attacked by a bear. So maybe, you know, 
not a big deal if you don't have it. It's like obviously a luxury to have, but I, I don't see the. Uh... Some people I think just want moves to be made simply just to make moves, mm -hmm. and I think there's some people that just get antsy about these kinds of things. Again, if it was if it was anyone other than Daryl Morey, I would be skeptical of 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 that, or I would say, all right, you know, but. I think you just I, I try not to like stand Daryl Morey. I try not to just be like, Oh, this guy's amazing. But he literally like everyone has complained about how we didn't give Hanky the chance to to ride it out. And you literally have Hinky's like mentor mm -hmm. <laughs> like now. Like you have the guy that discovered Sam Hinky. I I I don't understand why people are upset with that direction or why they're they're constantly criticizing the I feel like Daryl Morey's gotten a lot of criticizing criticisms for yep. No reason. I, I can't tell you why. Elton Brand did a 3,000 times worth job. Only criticism I have of Daryl's, he unfollowed me on Twitter. Which is hurtful. Yeah. Really rude, that actually. One, one I just, I don't deep. get it. I, I don't get the uh, the hate, again, especially because it is frequently from people that are of the process era that love Sam Hinkie. It's like, I don't know how to tell you this, but like Daryl Morey is the closest thing we're ever going to get to having Sam Hinkie back in the Sixers. That That's just the, mm -hmm. the truth of it. And if you are someone that... Loved Sam Inky, thought he was fantastic, thought that he should have you know gotten to see um, you know some more years out of out of this project. I don't know how you can be upset about us hiring Daryl Morey and upset about him kind of leading this you know what is uh, going to turn into a transition period too. By the way, I mean there is going to be some transition this year, and that's that's the confusing angle of all this when you when you talk about what the Sixers are going to look like this year. It's so hard to predict because you have to imagine Ben has moved. For what, for who, for when, no one knows. But it is um, it is one of the most difficult situations that the Sixers have been in. I, I wonder if he's just going to go like full Andrew Bynum and just start. Uh, <laughs> so he's going to show up with like half braided hair. Uh, the other one, like a fluffed out afro. And maybe bag. he's going to go bowling. Like maybe he's going to do what Andrew Bynum did uh, when he was on Cleveland, where every time he gets the ball in practice, he just throws it at the backboard. Um <laughs> Like I just wonder, like at what level of self sabotage is he gonna go like Jimmy Butler and like demand to have you know the third stringers with him and to try and beat them beat, although it wouldn't go over the same no. way, of course. I just I really wonder to what lengths is Ben really gonna go besides just sitting at a training camp to to make his way out of here. Yeah. Uh and then the last bit of Sixers news as well, George Hill had his uh photographer bullied on Twitter and it was hilarious. <laughs> I did not see that. Uh so apparently George Hill was going on a uh uh, an African like safari hunting excursion. Oh, great! That's cool. And uh, his photographer posted none of the the photos were like of like dead animals or anything, but he posted that it was like a hunting trip, and there were animals included. And then uh, come to find out, he's also a Utah Jazz fan. So uh, I guess George Hill never learned anything when he was in Philadelphia that jazz fans stink. Uh, but then the photographer, uh, he was like, "I've been forced to delete my." my post about my trip with George Hill because Sixers fans are the absolute worst, blah, blah, blah. I wish like this whole crazy like thread about how Sixers fans stink because he was out killing endangered species. You know, it's, you know, it's worse than uh, maybe, maybe bullying some people online is killing animals for fun. <laughs> you know, in America, we actually uh, have animal abuse laws against that. Usually you go to prison for doing things like that. Uh, but sure. I guess if you're rich enough, you can just do whatever you want. Yeah, he yeah, was, maybe uh, I'm happy George Hill is uh is on the periphery of my mind now. 
It was, uh, let's see. If I can find, I can't find who. That just sucks. Yeah. What a loser. Like, he, he blamed Sixers fans mm. for going and hunting for and killing you, endangered you, species. Your literal blood money. <laughs> Moron. Um, the, the most consistent at being inconsistent, Matt. The backyard roller coaster treks on us. Has there ever been a more Phillies twenty four <laughs> hours? I mean, really, has there ever been a more Phillies twenty four hours? They they come this close, this close to having their first positive run differential since April. I found I was wondering that, and then I saw shout out UK Phillies tweeted that the other day. They have not had a positive run differential since April. So close, that close, and then they give it all away and get blown out so close to the division so close to the wild card you can almost taste it i think the phillies might be the only team in major league baseball that could beat a team as good as the brewers 12 nothing one night and lose 10 nothing the very next night to them yep i i can't i can't see another team doing a 22 run swing like that i just can't i i really it's so hard for me to imagine it they and they constantly do it, this kind of thing too. It is it is not the first time we've seen just uh, Jekyll and Hyde um, from from the Phillies and damn does it really hurt <laughs> because they constantly reel you back in too. They yeah. constantly make you think, oh, this is this is when it turns, and it turns like milk does. It just gets chunky and sour, and it's just it's awful. And it. I think what was difficult yesterday too is that you have like this like Nola issue all year now where he's just looked. Uh, I I don't want to go full yikes because that's unfair, but Nola's looked looked not okay this year. He's been weighing his options. Yeah, I'm getting a little sick of the weighing the options if I'm being honest, because uh, one of those weights is weighing heavily, heavily in on one this direction. team's playoff chances. You moron, dumbass. <laughs> I mean, come on. Tom Segura has his. Uh, great bit about how uh, you know instead of calling people the R word, he just calls them Cajun because because <laughs> it's less offensive. I love Tom Segura, uh, so that's that Cajun blood. Maybe I don't know. I don't know what quite it is. quite literally. It's just it, it sucks because you're you're right there, and we talked about how this team is gonna like reel us back in mm-hmm. and make us hope. And I think the most Phillies thing to do is that. They have a really good, like, next week and a half, and you go into that Braves series, like, a game behind them. Yep. Or maybe even, like, level with the Braves. And they lose that series. And that's the end of the season. <laughs> that's just how it goes. Well, we all know what they're going to do is they're going to go in to the final weekend of the season <laughs> yeah. needing one win, and they'll get swept by the Marlins. Oh, that's yeah. exactly what's going to happen. Like, they'll go out. They'll probably split with the Rockies, and everybody's going to be so I don't like that you put that into the universe, actually. I actually really hate that you just did that, because that is 100% how it's going to happen. Then they'll go and sweep the Cubs like they always do. Bryce will hit a moonshot home run that goes viral on on the internet. Uh, Then they'll, they'll, they'll play well against the Mets, because it's the Mets, and we always say, we could be the Mets, it could be worse. But then they'll go into the next two series against the Orioles and Pirates and absolutely shit the bed. And that is the ethos of the 2020. Well, we got we got bad Phillies. news today too. Zach Eflin, yeah, done not just for the season, but maybe to start a next season as well. Out six to eight months. That's cool. That's like just super cool. Actually, didn't didn't want didn't want to start a pitcher. Actually, you know, I was actually thinking that the Phillies have so many starting pitchers to spare that 
it's kind of good. It's kind of good actually that you know when your third best pitcher goes down with season-ending injury and is going to be delayed start next year and is probably going to. And is also battling COVID. It's, it's cool. It's cool. No big deal. Yeah, it's just whatever. It's cool, man. <laughs> you know when you got when you got the deep pockets we do, it's it's no man. problem. This man. team does this team just know how to get you or what? All the time. Everything all about the time. It. They're, At least Bryce Harper's still playing like an MVP. At least we got that. Zach Wheeler's still pitching like a Cy Young. They they legally can't take that away from us yet. Yeah. They they might be the first team to have have a team not make the playoffs, and yet they'll have the MVP and Cy Young on the roster. You know, they really love to uh to constantly be groundbreaking and you know, just really a unique style in Philadelphia. Yeah. I think that's what they're going for. It is. Um, the, I don't know what the most frustrating season over the last five years has been. Uh, each year is more <laughs> frustrating than the last. I actually think this year is because last year was like, you know, shortened season. And it's like whatever. Kind of throw it away. The season before, there was expectation because of Bryce. But really, like, I think you look – as objectively as possible this season. Like, all right, you know what? Like, what were we really getting our hopes up for? This team is still kind mm-hmm. of in transition. Whatever. You know, we'll move forward. This year, like, it's frustrating on multiple levels. Just about every level that you can get frustrated with a, a sports team on. It. You're frustrated at the front office for clearly ignoring that we need to relieve pitching and throwing these, like, Band-Aid pitchers out here for the entire season. Not even just like, all right, let's reassess the trade deadline. Like, nah. Matt Moore's fine. We'll just keep rolling him out there. You could put a traffic cone out there with, I, mean, I don't know. They DFA'd Chase Anderson. They paid him $4 million. You know those, like, seals that, like, hit the uh, hit the volleyball with their nose? I'm <laughs> relatively confident that if you put one of those uh, 90 feet away from the probably. plate, that you're, you're probably better off. Um, so you're mad at the front office. You're mad at the coaching because Joe Girardi's a weirdo and makes dumb decisions. And, All the time. And uh, won't uh, hold his players accountable when one of the reasons that we wanted Gabe Kapler gone, allegedly, uh, was that we wanted a more mature, kind of stern person, more professional baseball person. Baseball guy. Base, Quote-unquote, baseball guy. I guess it just means Italian-American, which if Andrew Cuomo taught us anything, we know what that means, which isn't great. Um, and honestly, like he's, he's pissed us off this year, not been too effective. Players outside of uh, Bryce and Zach Wheeler uh, – Everyone's been just their usual clown selves, just constant. With a few exceptions. With I'd a few say. exceptions, of course. But like but overall, like, yeah, the wildly the parts have not wildly inconsistent year. Like, and a lot of the same blemishes that have have kind of pissed us off over about these players has, has come back again. Like JT is allergic to bringing guys in when the, when bases are loaded. Like he just can't. He's incapable of doing it. Um, I I just think. I think it's it's just been such a frustrating year, and I, I think it's been the most that we've had because it's just you had some hope, and now it's like you just you felt constantly done wrong by everyone, by every level of management, and that's that sucks. That's a really difficult it's a really difficult place to be. As Bryce Harper just hit a solo home run, the Phillies now lead the Brewers one nothing. I'll drink to that. Can't wait to lose uh, nine to five tonight. <laughs> um. Yeah, I mean, I, I'd say there's been like six guys on this team that have been 
consistent or like right there all year. It's been Bryce, Zach Wheeler, Gene Segura, Andrew McCutcheon. And I mean, since July, like our guy Hector Neris has been fantastic. I saw a great name for him online, Hector the Protector. Yes. Love it. Did you see uh, his uh, video pre post game interview the other day? I did not. Oh, it is. It is a joy. Hector Neris in general is a joy. Talk about a, a great turnaround. He's still, you know, let's be honest. Hector has his moments of uh, old Hector. But <laughs> I tell you, you know, like Hector Neris is a guy. Number one, did you know this? I, I was surprised to find this out today. I, I didn't quite realize it. It's our longest tenured Philly. Yep. That's amazing, actually. <laughs> um, but this is like a guy that, like, you have value in Hector Neris, but. He, like a lot of other players with this team right now, is being asked to do beyond what he's truly capable of. I think Hector Neris, if he's like your relief pitcher rather than your closer every night, is fantastic. Yeah, if he's your setup guy, he's been That's unbelievable. Great. You bring Hector in in like the seventh, eighth inning, I love it. I just don't ask the guy to get the final two outs of a game because just it's obviously not a great look for him. And that's that's what this Phillies team has done, gotten so wrong so frequently over the last few years is constantly asking guys that are very clearly limited. But just because you're a limited player does not mean you are a bad player. It just means you have limits, and that, you know you can't, not every player is going to be the best player mm-hmm. of all time, all rounded in all things. They're going to have limitations. They're going to have weaknesses in their game. The Phillies have constantly asked players with those limitations to exceed them for an entire season. Not just, we're really hoping that, you know, we get this guy at the deadline. He can give us some extra juice to get us, you know, in the playoffs. Or maybe he's more of a playoff guy, like he's a good just pinch hitter, things like that. Like, no, we're asking mediocre players to play way above that Mm -hmm. all the time. (laughs) And it's it's obviously not worked out too well for us. Here's uh, Hector the other day after the... The game in the post-game press conference with the media. Breen, you want to start us? Hi, Hector. Hi. What a beautiful man, giving a beautiful wave to the camera. You love to see Just it. Just a gem. You know, at least Hector is having a good time, so that's good. <laughs> if Hector Neris is having a good time, I am also having a good time. So I... You know what? He's criminally underrated. Like people just want to bash him for he does the get, blunders think, in the ninth inning. Tape. But when he's on, man, he is he's almost an invaluable piece to this team from a leadership standpoint, from just uh, a quality player standpoint. Like people just criminally underrate Hector Nares way too much for my liking. Yeah, I I, I do agree in that he does seem to catch a lot more flack than maybe he's uh he deserves. It's kind of like kickers in football though, where it's like. They, they catch a, probably the most hate on the team outside of, like, a you know a quarterback that maybe isn't great. Uh, simply because, like, people just look at their job description mm-hmm. and see, like, all right, well, you didn't do this one thing, you know, amazing every single time, so you suck. I think people take kind of the same approach to not just Hector Neris, but a lot of uh, closers and relief pitchers and that. If they can't, you know, get that final out, they'll ne- they won't remember all the saves. They'll remember the, the blown saves. Um, so... Well, Hector has had some some bad moments, of course, but I do think he's. You're right in saying he he probably gets a little more than he deserves. And again, I mean, he's our most tenured player, which is amazing to say. And I do love him. And and again, I think he's just sort of a victim of this organization mm-hmm. not 
prioritizing effectively and again asking way too much of him and way too much of a lot of players on this team can we also just talk about what a revelation freddie galvis has been dude has just been smacking the cover off the ball playing good defense he's been everything and more you could have asked for from a trade deadline acquisition and if only we could have done that across the board at the trade deadline gotten a bunch of you know types of players that freddie galvis is to fill those positions team would be in a much better place well let's not get crazy here kyle i mean come on <laughs> john, john middleton it was a really high. it was a really tough last year and a half for john middleton all right Whew. financially he took some big blows so wasn't going to space with uh jeff bezos right? he missed out on that he missed, out, he on missed that. out on that maybe he's gonna get in on the trying to live forever i would love to send john middleton to space um the return trip we can talk about John Middleton, space cowboy. I went to a theater near you. Uh, I was thinking more like uh, gravity <laughs> spinning wildly out of control into deep space. Maybe <laughs> this is a parody. I, and this is satire. You can't uh, sue me. Yes. For saying this. But I would love to see John Middleton floating into space all alone. Again, the whole podcast hosted by Steve McAvoy and John Mavalia. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Get In The Whole Pod and be on the lookout for a ton of great content keeping you up to date on the world of golf. Releasing weekly a part of the Underground Sports Philadelphia family of podcasts wherever you listen to your favorite shows. That would be fun for me. I would like that. <laughs> That would be absolutely He wouldn't be the first hilarious. person on my list, but if we're just talking about John Middleton, then yeah, I wouldn't mind that. Who would be the list? Uh, Jeff Bezos is number one. I would love nothing more than to watch Jeff Bezos. I don't want to. I don't want to get too graphic, <laughs> but I would love nothing more than to see Jeff Bezos just be sent off into space. <laughs> nothing more than that. Well, he's trying to live forever, Matt. Did you see that? Uh... I think technically, if you like, uh, go to like space and you like die out there it's kind of like living forever because like your body just gets like spread amongst the stars so like you could sell it that way it's true so if if that's what he wants (laughs) he'll live forever in the books i guess in the history books yeah jeff bezos is still out there somewhere the tax books like anytime you see a a meteor shooting across the sky like that might be jeff bezos like bezos is coming i sure hope so (laughs) hopefully some money will fall down from it yeah um, Matt, this is the final week, final day without NFL football. We have football. And it feels great. Tomorrow night or today as you guys are listening to this on audio, but Buccaneers and Cowboys kick this season off. It's the best. I can't wait to is. It's not Carrie Underwood anymore, is it? It's uh, uh, on NBC, but the Thursday night games are on Fox. Right. I thought. I think tomorrow's NBC, though. I think tomorrow is it? I think so. I think the opening, opening, uh, opening weekend or oh. week, whatever. I was is, ready is for this. Oh my god! <laughs> See that? I can't explain it, but that lead-in song is much more like fall, like late fall, early winter yeah. to me, and I, I can't tell you why that is. But it just is. <laughs> I I don't. I maybe it's just from like all the years of like watching like Thanksgiving games and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like you, you, that just gets like burned in your memory. I don't know. But that lead-in song has always felt way more like late season to me than than like opening uh, opening weekend kind of stuff. It is like on everyone's NBC. still got their tan, you know. Yeah. And it's like 
that music isn't right for tan bodies. That is for like seeing people's breath and wondering how bad the wind is going to be today. You know, like, that's that's what I'm looking for. That and then you have the uh, the CBS, which is uh, all the drum cadences and everything. Yeah, the good uh, music. They got good music. I t- you know, I-, I wonder who makes that music because they. I know NBC. They is understood like, the assignment, as the TikTokers say. I'm, <laughs> I'm pretty sure NBC is like co-written by the guy who did the Star Wars music, John Williams. Yeah. Wow, good for good for old John. This has uh, been a this has been a very mixed bag for uh, guys named John. <laughs> this last seven minutes, John John Williams stays on Earth. John Middleton, Middleton. off to space. Yeah, Randy Elderman. Don't know who that is, but <laughs> that's CBS cool. CBS music, though. I'm excited. That's good too. Oh. That reminds me more though of like halftime. Yeah. Than anything. That's that early Thanksgiving. Like, isn't that crazy that like the certain songs just remind you of certain like times? Like that's that's a little wild to me. But that reminds me very much of like halftime or like oh breaking the action here to bring you yeah uh, (laughs) Lamar Jackson just pulled in this 17 yard run. Ravens 37, Bengals two. We'll send it back to you guys. (laughs) Back to JB in the studio. And we get Scott Hansen back. Oh my God, Red Zone! Red is, Zone's back. Red Zone is an absolute festival for me. I love Red Zone. It is. So There's good. nothing I love more than seven hours of just <laughs> talk about the hardest working man on earth. If they, if I could redistribute Jeff Bezos' wealth to one person, it wouldn't be Scott Hansen, but he would make the top 100 list for me. Easy. He might even he be works in the harder. top 50. He works harder. The no he bathroom breaks. I love when they do the uh, the the dive into like how he uh, like preps for the day. Oh, it's so like good. how he preps for the weekend, like meeting in the trailer and like going over like plot lines and stuff and like storylines for the weekend. I tell you, man, that that guy committed to the bit a hundred percent. Red Zone is the best. There's it's so good. It's one of the it's one of my favorite things about the NFL season because it just gives you everything you want. It's the, it is the perfect. And it's so not replicable. No other sport can do red zone. Other sports have mm-hmm. tried, and it just does not work. Because it's just, it's just something about football, the play-by-play aspect of it. It just works absolutely wonderfully. Yeah, it is. And then the witching hour comes through. Oh, and it's got like the, the wins turns to losses, and losses turns to wins. The octagon screen, and you got eight oh, games my. going on at the same time within the two minute warning. It's it's. Wait, just I can't wait electric. to hear our first quad box of the season. I just uh, I'm very excited for all of it. That will have. Uh, I have goosebumps. We'll have now. Here's a guy <laughs> tomorrow night. Well, I love Tom Brady. <laughs> uh, so that brings us. It's uh, it's Eagle season preview time. Oh wow. We got we 17 sure? games. <laughs> I'm feeling like somewhat optimistic about this team. And, you know, there there's pieces on this team to be excited about. Obviously, the biggest question is can Nick Sirianni coach, which I, I'm all in. He's also newest enrollee at uh, Bryce Harper School for Pandering. I don't know if he caught that today in his press conference. Full nah, Phillies garb today. He, he, did, he did he drop like hoagie? And Water, he uh, <laughs> how, he showed deep, up how deep to the did old, he go? He showed up to the old presser ready to go. He's ready for a red October. Uh, 
just ready to roll. Oh my god, look <laughs> at him. He looks like a pitcher. Like he looks like he should be in the dugout and it's like quote, I'm a Philadelphian. I root for all the local teams. Hey, you know what though? He's in. Good for him because a lot of people don't try and make that effort to like localize and like be a part of the city. It's fun. We get our jokes, but I do appreciate that. I wore really a McNabb do. shirt at practice today because I think that's cool. I think that's that's a cool thing to do to like just get in with the fans, you know. Yeah, like and it it's costs so you nothing. It costs you absolutely nothing. I to saw a do tweet a little today. pandering. It said, you know, all the athletes and coaches who say it's tough in Philadelphia, like they just never put in any effort to to pander, yeah. and it's the easiest way to like win over this fan base is just pander a little bit and they'll love you forever. Um, but Season kicks off on Sunday. Top bins, top tier commentary. Top drawer, upper 90. You already know. You already know. I think that's how it always goes. Like forty-five minutes, and we're at like Chelsea. (laughs) What are we doing? Um, I'm Dominic Ponteri. I am Matt Kessler. And we are here to talk about Champions League soccer today. Ben's time. What's up? We're back. Tough schedule for a last place team. You know, we went over the schedule a little bit when it came out, but you ain't joking. <laughs> we were still kind of on like our Eagles hiatus uh, and just recovering from the the mental beatdown that was 2020 for this team. But they get the Falcons on the road. To uh, start this season on Sunday, home opener against the 49ers, and then against the Cowboys early in the season, primetime game, and then first game of October at home against Andy Reid and the Chiefs. That's your first quarter. Is it one and three? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, seriously, that is... It's tough. That's not an easy I think the Falcons game is a win. I I do think they win on Sunday. I think the Falcons, while they have weapons... On that offense, their defense is is super questionable. Um, their offensive line is incredibly suspect, and the Eagles have a, a very veteran heavy defense, and you know a bunch of guys who can be game wreckers on the defensive line. So I think they end up beating the Falcons on Sunday. It's a transition year for the Falcons as well. Kind of obviously move on from Julio, new head coach, Matt Ryan, not quite the quarterback of the future for them. So it does feel kind of like a gap year for Atlanta. So I'm okay with with putting in a win, in a win there. But we shouldn't forget either a big big part of this. We saw this um, with like soccer and stuff. These these first games with like home field advantage, where the fans are like fully back, makes a huge difference. Mm-hmm. There, you know. So I would only be wary of that. 
So that that could cause not just for the Eagles, but lots of issues. I, I think some people are maybe forgetting how you know home field advantage matters. Last year it didn't. Yeah, because there was no outside home field of like advantage. Cleveland, right? Because of the weather. <laughs> um, well, and Cleveland just was like, yeah, we'll have like eighteen thousand fans in the stands all year. Right, right. Because whatever, <laughs> it's Cleveland. We'll so just you dunk know, them I, in like I, I do wonder if uh, if that plays into this at all. But I, I'm fine with uh, with giving the Eagles a win here. 49ers is such a crapshoot just because you don't know who's playing quarterback yet. There's talks of like a two quarterback system and having plays for both guys. Uh, at the quarterback position, it's at home, which I think is an advantage. You don't have to get on a plane and go out to California. Um, so like, I'm, I'm like optimistic about this game. Just don't know where it will fall for the Eagles in terms of win loss yet. I think we, I think we forgot how injury riddled the 49ers were last year and that they're incredible defense, but you know, you lose Bosa early on in the season. He's back fully healthy. Mm -hmm. This team is Really good, the 49ers. I, I don't remember the stat, but they had lost, like, the, the days of injury that they lost. It was, oh, like, yeah. triple what the next team was. It was Crazy. something absolutely obscene. I mean, they were the most injury-riddled team last year um, in all of football. And they're back healthy. Kyle Shanahan, for me, one of the top three, top five coaches in the league. That's always a tough ask. I, think the, I, I love the 49ers everywhere i love them in fantasy i love them if you're doing over under wins i love them for you know playoff futures and stuff like that just because i think i think we've forgotten a little bit now they do play in a very hard division mm -hmm. of course but i think that's really tough for the eagles i think they, that you don't get a more difficult uh opening weekend and i think that's that's a tough matchup to face cowboys are always a toss-up it could go either way we both have kind of been on the they should they'll probably end up splitting with the division so this game could go either way chiefs i, I just think the chiefs are just too good you know you you get an advantage being at home for that one instead of at arrowhead but the chiefs are just so damn good there there's you beat the chiefs maybe on uh their off day and you have your best offensive mm -hmm. day that's that's how a team like the eagles is going to beat the chiefs and i just don't see it i view that chiefs game as like a litmus test for where jalen hurts is at the end of the quarter of the first quarter of the season and how nick sirianni coaches in that game yeah that's what absolutely. i'm looking at i think, for that game. I think it's a fair and reasonable uh opinion to have and then uh second quarter of the season panthers buccaneers on a short week at las vegas at detroit on your wedding day Love to see it. Um, Panthers, you know, we forgot that they made every draft pick, not this past draft, Year last before. year's draft, uh, was defensive. all defensive players. And that showed in the second half of the season when they were actually really good defensively. Christian McCaffrey's back healthy, new quarterback. Which could be a hindrance. I don't, I'm not totally sold that, uh, you know, Sam Darnold is that much better than teddy bridgewater but he's back with his guy though he he's is back with robbie anderson that is true and we have seen many times if you leave adam gase's uh orbit that things <laughs> you find yourself in you. a you find yourself in a better space i think that's a, that's not an easy game either though i mean you're talking about a team that could be i mean they were they were in a lot of close games mm -hmm. last year too i mean i, I think they They're had really like, well coached yeah like, they were a great coach they, they took the chiefs like late into a game like they they were frisky last year and again a lot of that was without McCaffrey you know <laughs> one of the most versatile offensive weapons in the league so I do think that uh the Panthers could be a harder harder out than people are giving them credit for that that's a team I think could take a leap this year that we're not not isn't being mm -hmm. that isn't being touted quite as much 
Bucks on a short week is just a death <laughs> sentence. Like, what are we doing, schedule makers? Like, you are it. Uh, <laughs> Bucks on a Thursday night. Tom Brady coming into town. Next. I don't know, though. You know, maybe he gets he feels that Philly atmosphere and just shrivels up. Maybe they have Nick Foles do a uh, Ring of Honor celebration. <laughs> Can we have him, uh, Nick Foles, like, ring the bell? Like, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but it's actually the actual Liberty Bell puts another crack in it and you know what Nick Foles would be allowed yeah I think Nick Foles is one of like two people on earth that could probably do that yeah it'd be like Ken Jong sitting in the, the cloud I'll allow it uh, out to Las Vegas on October 24th I like the Eagles in this game sure the the flight to Vegas is probably going to be uh, just a, a team test in terms of you know staying away from the casinos and all that the distractions in vegas but i think this team is smart enough to avoid that go out take care of business and i think they can beat the raiders you're not betting on the uh, john gruden raiders that uh just the, decided to reshuffle their entire uh, offensive line and give a bunch of money to Kenyon drake even though they have a, a great young running back the number one team uh on social media who gets the most hate tweets at them is it really yeah is that one of the i like that all these studies have been sixers are the recently. number one nba team not surprised in number the four overall. I think the Sixers fans are also the most anxious based on tweets. Right? Yes, that was the other one. Uh, hey, don't ever say we're not first at stuff. You know, we... exactly. <laughs> we still out here. Uh, wedding day game: Eagles Lions in Detroit on Halloween. Feels like a win. <laughs> Feels like a win. I agree. Jared Goff is a joke. Uh, another tough one. It's at home though. Chargers. Justin Hurt. I like this Chargers team. There's a lot to like about like, them. I, I think, obviously, they have you know new coaching, which could always be a little bit of a wild card for you. But, again, we, we talked about with the 49ers a little bit, how injured they were. The defense for the Chargers last year was also like riddled with injuries. Mm-hmm. So you know, That's part of the reason Herbert had that huge breakout is because the defense was just not very good. And, and they were to, super injured, too. Had, yeah. Austin Eckler was out you know, for, for a large stretch last year. Like This is a team that I think could, could definitely – I understand the path. I understand the hype. It's all about fulfilling mm-hmm. that. You know, again, in a very difficult division, just like the 49ers are. There's a lot of comparisons there for me. But that is uh, – I'm curious. Right now it's hard to say because we don't know exactly how good the Chargers are going to be and, and where exactly the Eagles are. But looking at that, that feels like a, a loss. Yeah, I agree. Um, plus, Justin Herbert returns his carts. I don't know if you saw that video. And I respect the, that about a person a, because that is one of my biggest pet peeves is when people so don't don't bring that back. Agree. Because it is incredibly easy to do and it takes minimal effort. Yep. Just put them back, baby. Just be a good person. Yeah. Uh, it's not hard. Tough tough road game. Sure, Teddy Bridgewater is the quarterback, but you got to go to mile high, play the Broncos out in Denver. Mid-November, there could be snow. You never know what the conditions will be. Um this is going to be a tough one. I think this is a toss-up game. It is. It, yeah. I mean, this is – you're talking about a gauntlet here, These this next team even that we're going to talk about in terms of uh, defenses. This is not ideal situation. I think you're right in saying it's a toss-up. Simple because, you know, Teddy Bridgewater is not a, a quarterback that, that scares you and screams to me like, you can stay in this game against mm-hmm. Teddy Bridgewater. You're not going to have to do too much. So I do think it's more of a toss-up than, you know, the Chargers is. But – Going away to Denver, that is where it gets difficult, of course. Yeah. Talk about home field advantage. I mean, (laughs) totally. A a literal advantage by playing in Denver. And then you come home, Malcolm Jenkins comes back to the link with the Saints. 
Jameis Winston potentially under center. Maybe. Uh, Taysom Hill potentially under center. Could be a Michael Thomas return game. Could be, which would be just horrific. Shout out to Slant Boy. Um, I don't know. Like this Saint, like I can't. It's tough to, to get read. a read on this Saints. Team Very now. hard to read. Um, this is also. I don't know. What week is that exactly? Um, week eleven. So they'll yeah. they'll have just started to return to playing in New Orleans mm-hmm. tentatively at that point. Um, they're gonna have to play like a lot of road games this year, which could, in a way, bend to their favor. Uh, the fact that you kind of have that repetition of maybe not being at home for for so often. That team bonding. By the time that you get to these like you know late season uh, away games, it's not even an issue for you anymore. Like you're not phased by that. So. That could uh that could obviously benefit New Orleans, but I this is a really tough one to read at its its current juncture because the Saints are I think one of the bigger question marks mm-hmm. coming into the year that we've had when you consider that they they don't have any real feasible wide receiver like a someone that you you expect to still put up high production. Jameis Winston is is a question mark in terms of what kind of output are we looking out here? Taysom Hill, how much they're going to use him is a huge question mark. I mean, the only thing that I don't think you're as worried about is, is the def- the defense, so that's <laughs> which is great for the Eagles. Of yeah, course. there's a couple holes on that Saints defense that they're still trying to had a piece great together against them last year, though. Yeah, it was Jalen Hurts's like coming out game, so yeah, that beautiful Miles Sanders run as well. So then you get back to back dates uh, at the New Meadowlands against the Giants and Jets, respectively. I think these are both wins. I think you should definitely be uh, thinking about beating both New York teams this year because the Giants, I know that you know they had an okay year last year. They looked like they were getting it together and ultimately did it. But as long as Daniel Jones is your quarterback, you constantly have your hand over the self-destruct button. And uh, let me just say, the fortitude to not hit that button is not strong. Because I just want the Eagles to play spoiler at Michael Strahan's retirement night so badly. Yeah. Certainly could. I I just think, I think it's it's still a tough game because obviously divisional rivals it, it it can always go a weird type of way, and they still have a, a good defense as well. I know we've said that a lot, but I mean the Giants, you know, were were a strong defense, especially the past last year. So that could actually benefit the Eagles though because you expect that Jalen Hurts, obviously a more mobile guy. You have Miles Sanders. You have Boston Scott. Like you have ways to to beat teams like mm-hmm. this, um, and then the Jets. They are. I think their their future is bright, but this year not a team that yeah. worries you. Anytime you're playing against a rookie quarterback that doesn't have like super established players, not that not that frightened. They're very clearly in a transition year. In like a year, in two years, maybe Jets are a tougher game. But I, I think this year that sh- you should be beating the Jets. And then you round out win. the season at home against Washington, at home against the Giants, on the road at Washington, home against the Cowboys. <laughs> We all know the traditional Big Four sports and we have our favorite teams and enjoy them each and every week during their seasons. But what if I told you the fastest growing sport on two feet doesn't involve football, baseball, basketball, or hockey? Come join me, Dom Ponteri, and Harrison Kremens as we break down the sport of the future each and every week on the Outside the Box podcast, talking all things pro and college lacrosse right here on the Underground Sports Philadelphia Podcast Network.
talked about how insane it is that Washington is still just the Washington football team. That they're just yeah. <laughs> giving this. Giant... They have their eight finalist team names though. And they're Every all year bad. they're gonna narrow one down. But like <laughs> allegedly it's down to three. By twenty twenty seven they'll have it down to the final two. But the best part is Washington football team is one of the eight finalists. <laughs> it's not a terrible name. It's just like just it's pick just so funny. You know just 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 go with it. Washington is another team that's very hard to read because Fitzpatrick we have seen. The Eagles have seen every iteration of Ryan Fitzpatrick. I remember a few years ago when uh, he was on the Bucks. those first like three or four weeks when he was untouchable and the Eagles got burned by him. I think late in the season like this, maybe you've seen him unravel. May- or you get him. It, again, mm-hmm. it is all about when you play Ryan Fitzpatrick right. because he is a streaky quarterback. He has that in him. It's going to be a good defense. We know that. That late in the year, too, it could you – know, you, could have terrible weather for something and that makes it even harder on you uh they have good skill position players but this is not a team that's we talk about like well i shouldn't say we talk about but i think it's been talked about like there's some like great world burgeoning team and it's like they won seven games last year man (laughs) yeah you know like that's not hugely impressive they can build on that i think there's reason to be optimistic and that if they can be you know they had a terrible offense last year because of their quarterback play if they can at least get average out of that they're in a good position but I'm not ready to anoint them like, you know, the the division winners, especially yeah. when that very stupid stat about how no one has repeated the division in like 20 years now. Exactly. So, uh, so that brings us to our play pickup props of the week. You guys can go to playpickup.com, start playing props that are created by content creators just like us. It's free to play. You earn points, cash them in for prizes. Go to playpickup.com and start playing props. Now, Matt, will the Eagles make the playoffs? And two... Could they win the division? They they can win the division uh, if it's a division like last year, uh, which it isn't going to be. <laughs> because Dak is not going to have a horrific injury a few games in the season, and their entire offensive line isn't going to uh, collapse with injury. Mm-hmm. They're not going to have to play Ben DiNucci. <laughs> ben DiNucci. I just I don't know that the ceiling is quite there for the Eagles in terms of like probabilities. Like, could this be a ten win team in some version? Sure, but I I think you're more likely their over unders at six and a half, which I think is a pretty fair fair mark. And I could see them kind of easily on both sides of that coin. Mm-hmm. I would I would lean over simply because I think there are still like quite a few winnable games like we highlighted on there. But we also mentioned they've pretty hard schedule especially that first half of the year and how important that could be to have a good start you have a young coach you have a young quarterback you don't want to get anyone like demoralized very early on which could happen with this team so as far as winning the division it's very difficult for me to say yes i i don't think they do i i think pains me to say i think the cowboys have to be the favorite for that they are for a reason that's simply because they're they're healthy and they look like they're going to be Mike McCarthy cannot mess up how good that offense should be. And they have right? the best quarterback in the division. They unironically do. I have the Eagles at seven wins. I think seven is fair. I think, and I, I don't think that's good enough for the playoffs either. I, I don't I don't think they make the playoffs, and I don't think they win the division. But I also think that's okay. Yeah. I don't think that's the expectation this year. I don't think anyone's. I don't think the the goals and expectations of most Eagles fans is playoffs mm-hmm. is winning the division. I think. Outside of, you know, a few, of course, who always expect that. But I think overall, everyone is kind of okay with seeing, listen, 
half your team is ancient. Half your team is 30 and above right now and is, is clearly not in the future plans, has issues with injury. Like, you're clearly not sticking around with a lot of these these players. And this season is a lot about just, all right, how what do we need to address next right. year and how in prioritizing what position? It's a lot about seeing if Jalen Hurts can actually be like a sustainable quarterback mm-hmm. for you or are you going to have to spend some capital next year? Like, this is very much like a open up the book type of year rather than like finish the final chapter. So I think... I think it, it's it's okay that they're not going to yeah. be a playoff team. I think it's okay that they're not going to win the division. And it's all about seeing what the young talent is like. It's all about seeing if Jalen Rager is, is actually going to mm-hmm. be you know startable player. It's all about seeing Devontae Smith. It's all about seeing if Miles Sanders can stay healthy and give you like uh, your good production. Like It's it's all about those types of uh, talent that you have, that you do have that's young, that you have you know for the next three, four years. It's all about seeing how those fit in – and seeing where you're at for the draft next year, which is, you know, not the the rosiest. It's not the most fun take. It's not the the one that leads to the most high fives. Yeah. But I think it, it is the truth. Um, so those are our Eagles season predictions brought to you by our friends at Pickup. Uh, I'm about to hop on SB Nation's Falcons podcast to preview this game with the Falcoholic uh, crew. So this is going to do it for us here. You guys can uh, be sure to follow us on social media at Underground PHI, Twitter and Instagram. Follow Matt at Matt Castorina. Follow me at KBIZZL311. Check out the website, undergroundsportsphiladelphia.com, and subscribe to the podcast. Leave those five-star ratings and reviews with how you're feeling about the state of Philly sports. Five stars only because we have standards. We know you do too. And, of course, big thank you to our sponsors, Main Auto LLC, Ducharms Pro Foot, Security 21 Security Systems, Paul J. Gillespie Incorporated, Bob Novick Auto Mall, Mark Ronchetti, CPA, LLC, the Dental Wellness Center of Vineland, Tomahawk Shades, Stateside, Urban Craft Vodka, and Kenwood Beer. This has been Underground Sports Philadelphia, episode number 358, the final episode of 2021 without Eagles football. We're in for one hell of a ride. We will catch you guys next week right here on twitch.tv slash PHI. For Matt, I'm KB. We are signing off. Peace. I'm